Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today is a Tell Dell Show, so we have a guest with us today, Mr. Chris White, out of Dallas, Texas, or DFW area anyway. And uh, Chris's uh, interesting story get to share with you today. He's got nine single-family houses. Uh, he's a passive in one apartment complex, and he also is in a commercial shipping building of some kind. We'll get him to explain that to us. But he's done this in a way that has allowed him to go ahead and get out of his corporate job, which is a high-paying corporate job he walked away from just simply because it was too much stress for him. So it's a great story. I want to get it started. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dell. Pleasure to be on with you. Let's start back at the beginning. How old were you, and where? What were you doing when you first realized you wanted to do some entrepreneurial stuff? Had any any stuff in the youth? Um, nothing really in my youth. Um, you know, I, I first really decided that I wanted to be on my own probably when I was about 18 years old. Um, but I had a, a slightly different path. I was going to do some church missionary service from 19 to 21. Um, so. You know, leading up to that, I decided I'd, I'd start to figure out what I wanted to do with my life when I got home. And you know, I found these high-powered corporate big wigs that were making really good money and decided I wanted to be on the operations side of things. And um, that was kind of the path that I had chosen for myself um, in my early 20s. And, Where did you uh, take your college for that? I was in Buenos Aires, Argentina. I spent two years in that country, and it was a phenomenal experience. I bet it was. I bet that did open up your mind to things at all. Open up my mind, absolutely. And uh, I, I learned what it meant to be poor. Um, definitely saw the other side of the coin. You know, we're, we're very blessed in this country, and other countries have it a little bit different. But, uh, so you decided to come back and go to college at that time, right? Right after that? I did. I came home, um, did a a bachelor's degree at Brigham Young University, and um, blew through that in about three years. Met my wife at that time, and uh, then we picked up and moved to Texas. We decided, you know, this was 2008. Things in the country were were pretty robust at that time, and um, one of the strongholds at that time was, was the state of Texas. You know, oil was really hot. So we decided we'd go do something in Texas and picked up and moved to Texas. And then the bottom fell out of everything. And uh, I, at the time, was in oil and gas recruiting. And it didn't bode super well for us. So we, uh, we took a job in the Dallas area. And I worked for a very large food manufacturer for about, uh, about five years in operations. Um, and moved up quickly through the ranks from an entry-level position and Within a year and a half, I moved into management and then spent another almost three years in, in management of that company before I jumped ship and went to a different snack food company and moved up from 
you know, middle management up into almost executive management from when I walked away from my job. So there you are. You've gone all the way. You've made it. You climbed the ladder. You get to the top of the ladder and you look out and go, my ladder's leaning across, across the wrong building, huh? <laughs> you just Absolutely. did all that work and yeah. looked. I love that story. You know, it's the story about the guy climbs the tree and says, you know, he's the manager. And he climbs up the top of the tree and looks and says, we're going the wrong way. They're trying to build a road through the jungle, but they're going the wrong way. But they're working hard at it, man. They're just working and working and working, but they're going the wrong way. So the latter story is always a good one. Um, what made you come to that realization, uh, Chris, that, that the job wasn't where you needed to be for the rest of your life? I was tired of trading time for money. And nothing, nothing is ever good enough in corporate America. Uh, you can be the absolute best performing associate, and you're as good as you are that one day because the next day you have to get up and go back to work and prove yourself again. And I decided at that point it wasn't for me, and I was, I was tired of making millions and millions of dollars for these large corporations and seeing a pittance of it, if even a bonus. Man, I had the same feeling. You know, when when you're in sales, when we, we were in health club sales, what would happen is is that anytime we'd break a record, they'd change our quota. <laughs> anytime we beating everybody else really bad, they'd take my mm -hmm. staff and give it to somebody else and tell me to retrain. Uh, you know, they just kept raising the bar no matter how well we did. And so there was never any place you could just relax. And I remember getting my first rent check and it coming in the mail going, I don't have to give this away because that's that same part you're talking about. You know you're making them millions. You're seeing the financials, and they're giving you a pittance, right? So I, I, I totally yeah. get that. I think a lot of people out there relate to that uh, fact. So let's talk then. Let's move a little different direction. We'll come back to that. Let's go to how did you first uh, decide to look into real estate? Because I know you looked into real estate early on, right? I did. I did. When I was in just just starting my college um, at, at 22, 21, 22. My dad said, hey, you know, if you really want to be rich, go read The Millionaire Next Door. So I did and ate it up. And I happened to be working security. Don't laugh at this, but I was working security at a library on campus. Um, we did have security in the library on campus, and I worked there. So I had complete access to every single book, and I, you know, I worked part-time, so it was maybe 20 hours a week. But while I was working security at the library, I had a lot of downtime because nothing ever happened. And I would read books, and I found these financial books to be very inspiring. You know, I, I looked at stocks, and then I, I, I focused in on real estate and really wanted to, to make that a go. My only problem was that everybody was talking about doing these absolutely st stupid or crazy things about wraparounds or, or no money down, and, and it just didn't seem right to me. And then the other crowd that was there was saying you needed to have a conventional method on it, and you had to have large amounts of capital and equities, and I didn't have access to that either. You know, I was a poor college kid. I was working three part-time jobs just trying to put myself through college. So um, I wasn't sure where to go, and um, it, it took a long time until I, I found a program that would actually take me by the hand and show me how to do it. So how did you find us? A radio show and thought, wow, that's really cool, and found out that you were here in Irving. Um, I live just a little bit south of Irving, and decided that I would check it out. So I went to one of the free workshops. New child, found out the wife was diagnosed with cancer. 
obviously you didn't get started right then, Chris. I'm assuming you were really busy with what was going on in your life. You know, we did actually start very quickly. We jumped right in. Um, it didn't mean that we made acquisitions right away, but um, we did start our education right then. We found out just uh, maybe two months after my wife had surgery to remove her thyroid that our our second child had a genetic deletion and he would probably never leave home. Even at that point, um, we decided that we were going to have to not only take care of our family and make decisions so that we could live the way we wanted to live at a young age, but we'd also have to leave a substantial amount so that he could be taken care of throughout his entire life. Real estate has given us um, troves of treasures and have given us that lifestyle that we've definitely looked for. Let's talk about how you got started. When did you decide to kick in and buy your first property? Um, after two years of being um, the FFT membership, um, I was uh, terrified of pulling the trigger. So I talked to my wife, and we went into the office and, and talked to uh, Al. I don't know if Al still listens, but thank you for changing my life, my friend. And um, he said, you know what, if you join this membership, we will feed you property. And we upgraded to the challenge membership. And my wife said, okay, we've, we've paid the fee, and they're going to feed you properties. You've got 30 days to pull the trigger on your first one. And I said, oh, okay. Um, so I contacted the, the realtors through the Ready to Buy program and let them know that I wanted a rent-ready property and I didn't want a pool on it because everything said don't have a pool. And we ended up buying a property 27 days later and we put in 22 piers, filled in a pool, had to replace some of the plumbing because it didn't come up when the, when the piers raised the house. Uh, we had a bad appraisal on it, so the refi was, was a little bit difficult. But that has been a phenomenal property. We still own it today. Um, I leased it over New Year's. Everyone says that's the worst time to do it, but I leased it in less than three days. Over the New Year's holiday, we have the same tenant. She's never been late. We took a slight risk on her. She had just gone through a divorce. Her credit was in the dumps. But I told her I need a double deposit. She showed up with her mom. They had all the money, and she's been there ever since. Takes wonderful care of the property, and we have huge appreciation on that property because we bought it in late 2014. And it's about time that we we turn that. We're sitting on over ninety thousand dollars in equity. Um, I didn't realize that until I was preparing for the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What was what was property number two? Property two. We had some friends that. Uh, lived right down the street from us. Um, they live in old town in an old town area, which is going through a revitalization project right now. And, um, this was February of 2015 and they decided that, um, he wasn't going to work for his parents anymore. He was going to go and get a nursing degree and they had to move very quickly to Arkansas. So they approached us and said, Hey, we know you're doing some stuff with real estate. Would you like to pick up our house and need some work? And we came to an agreement. We didn't use realtors on it, so the out-of-pocket was much less than we anticipated. And we we bought it from them. We broke pretty much every rule in the back of the book. You know, when when you take Dell's courses, he says, don't listen to Dell. And we decided that we would do the rehab ourselves. And we tried doing that with kids that were, at that time, seven, five, two, and a newborn. And they would come over with us, and we'd try to have them watch movies while we painted. And that was a terrible ordeal. Um, and eventually hired someone to finish it out. 
But that property, again, has been phenomenal for us. Um, it cash flows over 35%. We're looking at five, six, seven hundred $700 a month, uh, depending on any kind of minor repairs. And the appreciation on it, we're sitting on that one over $100,000 in equity. Two good deals. First two led to some great profits and I guess a little bit of learning in the learning curve also, huh? <laughs> yes, definitely a learning curve. You know, we decided that, hey, um, we could do it. We could save a little bit of money, but, you know, somebody else uh, could have done it twice as fast, three times as fast. And we could have started making money through cash flow, you know, two or three months ago. So your first house you did in 214. Your second house was in 2015. You did another one in 2015, though, didn't you? The third house? We did. Yeah, we picked up another home. Um, everything except for that second home, and we, we picked up through one realtor on your team. Um, she was phenomenal for us and, and would just toss us properties, and we'd say yes or no almost immediately. Uh, this one was a 1997 build, so it was much newer than the 1970s that we had been rehabbing. Um, it, was, it was through a wholesaler, but he had contacted one of your agents, and we went over there with the kid and said, yeah, we'll take it. And she came back to us and said, the only reason you're getting this property is because of your kid. So from that point forward, we started taking our kids every single property because they would, you know, they would hug the wholesaler or they would hug the other realtor and they'd say, Dad, are we going to buy this? Dad, are we going to buy this? Hey, we can put the fridge here and we can put the dishwasher here, even though it already had appliances. But, you know, just their innocence and their emotion would just completely win over anybody that was trying to um, trying to sell the property. Now, Chris, you read all those crazy books when you were a kid, and you said they were crazy, and now you're telling me that you've got a technique called taking the kid to the buy? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we would take the kids to the buy, and it worked every single time. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Made this generational now because my oldest he's ten now, and when you ask him what he wants to do with his life, he says, "I want to be a professional baseball player and I want to be a real estate investor." So he's got a break on that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. We'll stake that one for our break. We're going to take a short break. Be right back with Chris Wyatt and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life changing principles in just a few minutes. Need more unconventional wisdom that'll set you free? Subscribe to Lifestyles Unlimited on YouTube and Ben's content that will actually help you get where you want to go in life from people who are already there. With over 50,000 members and 32 years of proven success, there's so much more we want to share with you than what we have time for on the radio. On YouTube, we go beyond our shows and feature our best content from podcasts, interviews, expo, master's tour, fireside chats, special events, and more. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell is Chris Wyatt out of Dallas, Texas area. And uh, Chris is talking about with us today, sharing with us about his nine properties, nine single family zones, uh, passive in one apartment complex, and then he's in another commercial building with some other people also. So uh, I think we left off at property number four, Chris. Uh, 
Are we ready to talk about number five now? Sure. Yeah, we can definitely talk about number five. We moved our investing down to Houston. Dallas is, is so hot and bubbling right now that we couldn't pick anything else up for the numbers that we had in our in our requirements. So we uh, we moved down and started picking up properties in Conroe, mainly because it's only three hours away and not four or four and a half hours away for us if we have to go down and, and see the property. Um, so we picked up a property in July, and that was after meeting with my mentor. He said... Uh, you know, if, if you're going to be gainfully employed and you've got capital, you know, don't shy away from continuing to pick up a large equity chunk in single-family homes. So we decided to do that. So we picked up a property in July, right at the beginning of July. Started the rehab. We're about two-thirds through the rehab, and that's when Harvey hit. We thought we were safe, and then they opened the floodgates, and our home flooded. So we got to rehab that property twice. But through the course of that period, we also saw an enormous appreciation in the neighborhood. Uh, we were expecting an ARV of just shy of 200000 and it came back at 215 So we picked up an extra equity chunk in that one, and it's, it's been leased out through your realty team. Um, and then we picked up very quickly in that same neighborhood two more. Um, and then right at the end of the year, we picked up two more properties uh, that were also flooded properties. So we picked up five properties in Houston while living in Dallas. Um, all through the, the Lifestyles Realty team and just through networking with some very strong agents that you have. You were able to take advantage of the flooding. I mean, you got hit by it yourself, but then after that, you were buying flooded properties, right? Is that what you were saying? That's absolutely true. Um, what kind of equity you know, were you able to buy on those properties? How much captured equity did you get when you are buying those properties that were flooded? On those five properties alone, we're sitting on almost half a million dollars in equity. Wow. We we now bought that's a profitable them year. for for thirty and forty cents on the dollar. On four of them, we've used the same contractor. They've been very good to work with, um, and they they have really. Um, I mean, just having the right team in place has been what's made this a go for us. Did you get that contractor we, we out of our program? We did not expect that to happen. I did. I did. Um, that's great. When when we bought our first one down there, um, the realtor had two bids on file from vendors from Lifestyles, and we went with one of them. And then since the other four came up so quickly, we just sent that same individual and his team out, and they were able to pick them up, and they've done a great job with them. You know, we have to yeah. we have to continue to push them along, and it's, it's a little bit more difficult being in Dallas. You know, we can't just drive over and see it. Um, but, uh, you know, pictures and videos and always talking two or three times a week and making sure they're moving along, and they've been good to us. They've been very good to us. So you bought these in 2017, the flood properties? We did. Yep, we closed them all in 2017. In fact, one of them and closed on the 31st of December. That's really interesting because you're looking at a situation where you're you're out of town, you're fighting a flood, you're buying four or five all at one time, doing the rehab from out of town, these are all things that you would think if any other person out there were listening to the show, they'd be going, oh, my God, it sounds terrible. Yet you got through it all and made a half a million dollars in a year. That is an incredible story. What is your confidence like after getting through all of that? You know, um, you, you have to set really high goals, and we set really high goals. So my confidence level has, has gone up substantially. Um, and I know what I can handle and what I can't handle. It's been very stressful, I won't lie. Uh, you know, it, it's been a stressful situation. Um, and we, we felt very extended. 
but that's when you grow, when you actually push yourself to do more than what you think you're capable of. We've had great members on our team and making sure, you know, we've, I've had realtors that, that sold me the property from your team that have dropped in and just sent me a bunch of pictures and said, hey, you know, just wanted to let you know what's going on at your property. And I appreciate that very much. One of them was in Baytown, and I'm in Dallas. So it would take me a long time to get down there just to see it. And, <laughs> no uh, doubt. <laughs> it's a long time yeah. for me to get to Baytown. All right. So uh, let's talk about when did the mind frame uh, decide that you wanted? When did you change your mind frame enough to decide you wanted to go into a multifamily deal? So in 2016, we decided that it was after our, our fourth single-family acquisition. We decided, now this is a lot of work, having you know doing a refi on four or on phone number five, we're going to have to get four mortgage statements, and we're going to have to send four documents to this, and they're going to want to see every single dime that we've made, and where it goes to, and where we eat lunch out, and decided, you know what, let's just take the dive and pay the fee now and go into multifamily, and we did. We upgraded, and I didn't realize that it was going to be 100% networking and trying to find people that were doing the deals. I thought they'd be fed to me just like the challenge membership, and it wasn't like that, and that's fine. Um, I've, I've had to push myself again to go out and network. And the best networking event, and I, if I can put a plug in for it, this is just for me, for all the listeners, the Expo is the absolute best place to network. And that's where we found our first multifamily deal was through networking at the Expo. And um, before that, it had been crickets on deals that we could jump into. And since then, we're getting two or three a month and you know if you have if you have concerns about there's not going to be enough deals for me that was one of my concerns when i jumped into real estate and guys there's so much out there deal flow is not a problem um but we picked one we jumped into it um it was at that point uh, early 2017 most of you know everyone's saying the value plays have dried up well we got into a full-on value play um and it's it's moving right along. Um, you know, the, the cash flow is there, the equity capture, you know, we should make almost 200% on our money within the first year. And that's just from getting into the right deals. Um, it's interesting the way you tell the story, Chris, if you, if you listen to this thing, you go back and listen to this as a podcast and listen to the way you're telling the story, everything you've told me you've done so far, and I'm laughing at this, this is just funny. You said, I was told it can't be done, or you said it shouldn't be real, and yet you went ahead and did it anyway. <laughs> everything you've done, you started out with the assumption it couldn't be done or it wasn't real. So I want you to go back and listen to that podcast. It's an interesting storytelling technique. Uh, Chris, how did you get into commercial property? How did that come up in your life? I had a good friend that is a senior vice president at, of commercial at a, a, a large firm in Dallas, and he's very well connected. And a friend of a friend of a friend's dad passed away, and they were divesting some of their assets, and he picked this one up for a song I danced. And I had just contacted him out of the blue and said, hey, is it time to buy anything? Cause over the last two years, I just kept picking at him. And, he actually came back and said, well, yes, it is. And he sent me the deal on it, all the numbers, and it was a phenomenal deal. Um, you know, the family was just trying to break even or, or get rid of it. And um, we picked it up. There's three of us in the group. Um, it's 20,000 square feet of manufacturing and distribution, uh, one long-term tenant. And it's in a great part of an industrial area of town. And it, it cash flows 
twenty percent. So I mean, you're, you, it's really hard to find that at, in this market. Um, so I, again, it goes back to networking. Um, you have to get out. You have to talk to people, and if you want to make it happen, you can. What's next for Chris and the Wyatt family, huh? So we are looking to divest two or three of our properties um, so that we can become lead investors. We would love to take on that um, burden, if you will, and uh, help other people reach the same goals we've had. A couple of the properties that we're going to get rid of or, or sell off, two of them are just too big for us. They're a little bit harder to lease out, and one of them has a pool, um, which we don't really like. We only picked that one up because it was so um, inexpensive at the time. So um, what's changed in your life? How has this affected your life? You know, you talked about wanting to get out of where you're at, do something different. How's it worked out? Life is much less stressful now. Um, I don't have to get up and go to the office. I, I get up and I can make my kids breakfast or you know, I eat lunch with my wife every day, which I absolutely love. Um, having lunch with friends is a little difficult because most of them have a corporate job and, you know, I, I'm ready to sit there and chat for two or three hours and they've got, you know, 40 minutes. Um, I don't sit in traffic anymore. I used to have an hour commute each way. And the last time I sat in traffic was in early February. I got called to jury duty again. I didn't care about going to jury duty, but the traffic was horrendous. And I, I don't know how he did that for 10 years. I don't know how people do it today. So I don't either. That's, I've, that's I've one of my, my life back. favorite things. Yeah. I can go shopping at Walmart or Target, and there's nobody there. So I can do my shopping in 20 or 30 minutes. Whereas if you do it on Saturday, you're standing in long lines, and it's, it's horrible. So being able to do things now that I couldn't do before on a timetable that I have, it's, it's phenomenal. And, you know, I, I, I think I put in my little profile that I can do things on Saturdays now that I used to see as a burden. You know, we went and, and sold camp cards with my, with my boys so they can go to scout camp. And I used to think that that was horrible because it would give up, you know, a, a big chunk of, chunk of my Saturday. Now I don't care. I have a lot of me time during the week. So I can go and volunteer or I can go and, and do what I want. And then on Saturday when my kids are here full time, it's family time. And it's great. I wouldn't trade it for the world. So let's ask, uh, what do your family think about this? You know, your parents, brothers and sisters, or even close friends. Did they think you're a little crazy giving up that big job just to do real estate? They have all been 100% supportive. And um, I, I think in, in some ways they might be a little bit jealous because I have so much free time with my family. And, you know, I've lost 20 pounds. I don't have that stress anymore. It's been great. Wow. I can work out during the day. Um, but my family, my close friends, I think my close friends are jealous. You know, they, they want to emulate what I've done. My, my parents have been 100% supportive. Um, I have two sisters, and they've been great. Um, my older sister, her husband also invests in multifamily in, uh, in the Northwest. So, you know, they've also been successful at it. So they see and they know... 
and we just build each other up so that we can make this, you know, it's not just our generation. We're looking at our kids and leaving a legacy. Have you had any uh, friends or relatives come to Lifestyles? Um, no friends to this point. Uh, I'm sorry, no, no relatives or family at this point, but I have sent and had many friends that have signed up. Um, I, I'm a big ambassador for the Lifestyles program. At one point, I was ready to sign up and be part of your team, but i got to be honest, they wanted 40 hours, just under 40 hours, and I was going to have to go to the office. So I couldn't bring myself to do that again. Nah, that, you don't want to go back and do that. That's that's for sure. No, nope, that's <laughs> not the way to go. Then you could be a mentor. Mentors only have to put in about 20 hours with their consultees, so it's not as much time. Remember always, Chris, myself, and everyone else, we're only doing this for the lifestyle, not the money. Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. Information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.